Welcome to Big Bear Christian Center Sermon Audio. Join us today as Pastor Rob encourages all believers to rise up into what God has called them to in this message titled, It's Our Turn Now. Well, good morning again. Welcome. I'm Pastor Rob, if you're visiting. It's kind of been a, f- a family reunion this weekend because we had a memorial celebration of life for Shan Breyer yesterday. And so this morning, Ed... Our former youth in worship and office administrator, he's in service with us this morning from Florida. Welcome, Ed. And Tom and Nancy Henry have come all the way from South Carolina, and they're visiting with us this morning. And then... You know, there might be some others uh, from our old family, and and my personal friends, Ron and Corey Baca, are here this morning, and (laughs) some of of my adventures that I had were with Ron, and all the stories I ever tell about a Volkswagen bus (laughs) was his, and and so he was just a crazy man for Jesus, and we did a lot of awesome things together, and I'm just blessed in the family reunion this morning. Shan's memorial was yesterday, and this week I was really uh, praying a lot and very busy, and and just going, Lord, what do you want to, what do you want to share? And my heart was consumed. My time, time, a lot of my time was uh, consumed, and my heart was definitely consumed with doing the memorial. And I think God was putting something together all week, and it really came uh, to fruition yesterday in the memorial. And part of it was in a conversation I had with Tom. And we haven't seen each other in North America in. I don't know, 15 years or something like that, but we see each other about every two years in Mexico. It's kind of funny. In our conversations together, we always, the Lord just always does wonderful things, and, and that's where this message is coming out of, is really Shan's memorial, and, and it got me to thinking, I believe the Lord put this um, on my heart together for us this morning, and yesterday was a beautiful time of remembering and celebrating and honoring and sharing and laughing and, and grieving and crying followed by a great time of fellowship, which the word fellowship in the Greek is eating. You know, it's, it, that's really what fellowship is. It just means eating. And, uh, and so yesterday there was some great fellowship going on in the afternoon. Those of you who knew Shan Breyer, she was part of the congregation for 32 years. And she was a woman of faith, a woman of prayer. She read her Bible faithfully countless times through you know sometimes I think boy you know when you're when you're 70 75 80 and you've read your Bible faithfully every day do you keep reading it do you keep finding that she kept finding the joy in the Word of God she was a woman of prayer she was an intercessor she was a woman who shared her faith with people she she was a great counselor many people received her counsel over the years and she she discipled uh, she attended Bible studies in her early early years and continued throughout the time but then she began leading Bible studies she coached other people on how to lead Bible studies she discipled people in her, with her life she served in so many various capacities in the course of her life she was a mother in the faith well, she was a grandmother in the faith. You start getting older, you become a grandmother in the faith. She, she had been serving the Lord long enough. She was a great-grandmother in the faith. 
You know, she, she had helped people come to, to faith, and those people had brought others to faith, and then those other people had brought others to faith. She was a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, but she never con- stopped being the mother and the grandmother, even though as she got old, she continued to do that. Do you see a progression? You see a progression? See, we're all on a journey. Everyone, not just in this room, everyone in the entire world is on a journey. All of us were created to journey toward Christ. That's what we were created to, is that we would find Christ, that we would come to God, come back to God. We were created that we would become a disciple of His and then to continue the process with other people. That we'd come to faith and then we would, uh, that, that we would help others come to faith and, and Shannon was a great example of doing that. We continue the process, we continue the journey by helping other peoples on their journey. By being an example, by teaching, and by leading. This morning I want to look at a couple of passages in the Word. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now this is an interesting passage here because really it's talking to new believers. So some of you in this room are, are, are new believers. And you're, this morning, I, again, I'm so glad you're here. You're, you're on a journey, wherever you're at. If, if you're just checking out church and you, maybe somebody invited you, maybe somebody dragged you, whatever the case is, if you've been here long term, we're all on a journey, a, a faith journey, um, wherever you're at. And the, the, this particular portion of the Bible is written to a lot of young believers, new believers. And uh, verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It is a really busy cell morning, isn't it? You know, if, you, I, you know, there's just, if you've got one, we'll just turn it off. And I, I was getting this massive amount of text and worship. And I think, who texts me? But if you have a cell phone, go ahead and turn it off. Um, and so, so this pa- passage of Scripture here is talking to new believers. So one of the very first things that we're encouraged as a new believer is, the, is verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And we go, well, that's, that's a difficult thing, but here's the key in this. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. When we first come to Christ, we have a lot of junk on us. But when we came to Christ, none of us came already perfect. We were made perfect by Christ in the spiritual realm, but we didn't come perfect. When we came to Christ, we loved him, but boy, did we have a lot of baggage a lot of garbage, amen? You know, even as, as Ron and I were coming to the faith around the same time, and, and again, he was a crazy man for Jesus. Um, we did some awesome, amazing, crazy things for Jesus together, but then some days we'd find ourselves doing amazing, horrible things in the world, right? I mean, you love God and you give him everything, and then next thing you know, you're getting drunk again and puking in a toilet. Right? Yeah, yeah, we can say that in church because that's some of our experiences. 
So we come to Christ, we have this stuff. And so you're a newborn baby. And so, so at the beginning of our walk, the Bible tells us to crave pure spiritual milk and to begin to rid ourselves of these other things, laying them aside and begin the journey in the faith. See, we were on a journey before, wandering around in circles, wondering what this life was about. And we come to Christ, Christ Finally, we, our eyes are open and we see him for who he is. And that begins the, the beginning of our spiritual journey in Christ. See, the beginning of our walk with Christ after we've accepted him as Lord and Savior, because he is Lord. See, those of you who are Christian, you accepted him as Lord and Savior. Well, whether you accept that or not, he is the Lord. He is the Savior. We just have to accept him as that he doesn't demand that we follow him we actually had to make the choice to follow him jesus tells us he just like he told the disciples he says come follow me come follow me it was a choice whether we would actually lay our life down lay our desires down and begin to follow jesus in joshua 24 15 we know this a lot of you probably have this on a little plaque on the front of your house i do it says choose you this day whom you will serve as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So when you come to Christ, we make a choice to receive him in who he is, and we make a choice to follow him and to serve him. And after we choose Christ, according to the scriptures, it says that we begin to rid ourselves of malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander and every kind of, of evil. And well, that took a while. That's taken a while. It still comes up in our lives, doesn't it? But we want to lay it aside, we want to rid ourselves, and like newborn babies, we want to crave pure spiritual milk. We don't want to, at the beginning, we don't want to get a, a mixed up, diluted down spiritual milk. We want the pure milk, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is the thing that we need to be start our journey is, but it also is not just a milk. The, the Word of God is also solid, so we will never, ever, just like Shan, we will never stop reading the Word and looking into it looking into it and letting it examine us. We begin with the basic principles in the Word of God when we first come to Christ. In, fe in February, we're going to start um, our second steps class, which is maturity. We're going to help people to learn how to read their Bible and grow in, in prayer and reading the Bible. In the third, in uh, March, we're going to have another time together. And we're going to help you learn what your calling and what your ministry is for this life. We're going to keep going on these steps, learning the basic principles until we keep growing into to maturity. The Bible tells us some things. It says the beginning, the, prin the basic principles of the, of that we learn in the Word, the pure milk, is that God loved me. God loved me. That's the very first thing. We come to Christ and we learn, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? We know that. That's what, what, what draws us to him. Often we're drawn to that because we don't feel like anyone else loves us. We, at the very beginning, we, we need to learn, and, and if you're on the beginning of your journey, you need to know that Jesus Christ is the way. He's not one of many. He's the way to heaven. And he is also life, John 14, 6. We, we learn and we, we got to keep reminding ourselves that in Christ there's no condemnation. That's a basic principle that we learn when we first come to Jesus Christ. It's part of the milk of the word, believe it or not, is that there's no condemnation. That if we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. That we're supposed to believe on him, we're supposed to repent, and we're supposed to be baptized. 
Believe it or not, elementary principles are including in this, that when we were baptized, we were baptized by one spirit into one body. We were clothed in Christ. These begin to become more uh, uh, bigger principles, but they're still elementary. We're going to read a scripture here, Hebrews 6.1. But before I do that, First uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we also need to know at the beginning that whoever's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Beginning, this is just beginning of journey stuff. Okay, most of us, I think, have passed that. We're, we've been on this journey for a while, but Hebrews 6.1 says this. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. We got a video. Can you play that video, David? It's the one called Faith in Kindergarten. But Hebrews 6.1 says this. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6. So we're called to maturity. We're not called to keep our faith doing the same thing over and over again. And so obviously it's just kind of a, a funny, fun video, but, but, but there's Christians that are still in kindergarten in their faith. But they've, they've been Christians for years, sometimes decades they, whatever it was, they just decided not to grow, and they just kind of do the same thing over and over again. They often have the same struggles over and over again. They've never got any victory. They've, they've never spent that time and got into the Word and been challenged and grown. The Bible says to crave pure spiritual milk in Peter that we were reading a minute ago, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. We want to grow up. We don't want to stay in kindergarten. We don't want to stay in first grade. We want to, to grow. And one of the things that, that was hitting me over this time in the memorial is, you know, Shan kept growing. Her faith kept advancing. She didn't just stay at one point looking for others to be the, the leader and the example. She her, and her faith kept growing. And I'm sure at the beginning, you know, we, we, we even heard at the memorial that, that uh, at one point, she had to become a CCD teacher because uh, one of her sons, Chris, was just out of hand and wasn't, get, he wasn't paying enough attention. So she stepped into the role of beginning to teach the, a catechism class in the Catholic Church. And she, she, her faith became fully realized and she um, you know, got saved or, or, and she began to just press in more and more and more. And Shan never stopped growing. Things I look around is I see something in, this, in, in people, and it maybe it's rampant in this younger generation, is that we don't want to grow up. We don't want to grow up and take the responsibilities and the spiritual, be the spiritual example that we're supposed to. I hear a lot of people still looking at the pastor and the elders from 20 and 30 years ago that were in their life to still be that example, to be that life, and they themselves haven't realized that it's time for us to grow up and become the example. Church, if you've been saved for 15 or 20 years, and, and, and there's a lot of you in here that have, you need to realize that you are now at the place of your spiritual elders were 20 years ago when you started looking at them. I'm actually older than my first pastor who I thought just hung the moon. And the men and women of God in this church were in their 30s when I came to faith. 
And they were pouring their lives into other people, and they were people of the Word of God. So we need to grow up in our faith. We don't stagnate. We keep moving on the journey. So if we don't keep, we don't want to keep walking around in circles. Anyone ever feel that way? You ever feel that way in your faith? We want to keep going. We don't always want to rely on everybody else to be mature for us. We don't always want to have to pick up the phone and say, what does the Bible say about this? At some point as we progress in our faith, we need to understand that we are the leaders, that we need to become the leaders that other people need to look up to. You know, there's too many people on this journey. You know that the leaders that you, in your mind, you still hold as the leader, as the elder, as the example. I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about men of faith that you look to. You know, there's too many people out there for them to, to be that example and leader to. It's our turn. It's our turn to be that example. In addition, that, that God needs us to, to be an example to others, God has a specific plan and purpose for each and every one of us. Every plan in here is a little bit different from everyone else's plan. There might be similarities between believers, but yours is unique to you. You know, poor Ron. He, I'm just picking on him because I love him so much. You know, when I, I wish I had a, I wish I had a picture of what you looked like, but he had this, this awesome, awesome long hair. It was all curly, and, and he was a snowboarder back when, like, snowboarding was just first starting, and he, he reached people that there is no way on this earth that I could have reached. Because he had a calling on his life. He had a personality. He had something different than me. And Pastor Jeff, who was my pastor, Pastor Mike, who was his pa pastor, Pastor Mike Fulmer, the, none of us could have reached the people that Ron had an anointing and a gifting to reach as he stepped into it. You have something that's unique to you. You have a circle of influence. You have gifts. You have callings. You have abilities. You have all of these things that God needs you to step into so that you can accomplish his plan for you and not look at God's plan for other people. Let's look quickly at some of the relationships in the Word of God, just to make sure this is biblical, that, that we're not always just supposed to be looking to the same person. Yes, we always look to Jesus. First and foremost, we'll get that out of the way. I'm not undermining that by any means. But we're talking about people in the faith. You know, there was Abraham. But you know, it, was, it didn't stop with Abraham. Abraham had Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And each one got, had to fulfill the part that they had to fulfill in the course of history, in the course of prophecy. Moses, yes, he brought the people out of Egypt. He brought them all the way to the beginning of the promised land, but his role stopped there, and Joshua's had to pick up. First we had Elijah, but then we had Elisha. Elijah's ministry stopped, and Elisha received a double portion. The disciple Barnabas, who we don't really know a whole lot about, came to faith before Paul. And I believe Barnabas was just this steady, not super exciting, vibrant preacher. But you see his name, and he was always there. And he was a faithful Christian, known as a pillar, known as, as a disciple. 
Barnabas went and sought out Paul because he saw something in Paul. And Paul became the great apostle. Luke traveled with Paul and wrote one of the Gospels. See, Paul discipled Luke. The book of James was written by, by James, the younger brother of Jesus. I mean, if there's somebody in your family, in your circle of influence that you can look up to and say, well, yeah, but they're the leader better than I am. James, the younger brother of Jesus, qualifies for that. And it would be really easy for him to say, yeah, no, I'm just going to just, yeah. No, he became the, the pillar and the head of the church in Jerusalem. He stepped into what God had for him. Mark was likely a teenager when Jesus was alive. We know that, that, that Jesus would go, would go to his house, but he was probably a young pup. But later, he traveled with Paul, and then he traveled with Peter to Rome. He, he was his companion. He was likely a translator for Peter. We, we think that, that we don't know for sure if Peter spoke, uh, uh, spoke what, Rome, not Rome, um, Latin. Yeah, so that, that Peter would have been a, tr a translator for him. But then Mark who was a sidekick of Paul and a sidekick of Peter, writes the gospel of Mark. Which, because it's in the Bible, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, are some of the most widely read and owned books in the world. Why? Because they took their place. They weren't Paul. They weren't Peter. They weren't Jesus. They were them. But they stepped up. Timothy, my young Timothy. Stephen, Stephen's ministry began. He was faithful. He knew the Tanakh. He knew the, the, the Torah, the, the Nethuvim, the Kethuvim, the, the, Old the, uh, the Old Testament for us. He knew that. He learned how Jesus fulfilled the scripture. And his first job in the church was to serve the widow's bread. That's all he did at the beginning of his ministry. He worked the food bank. And he became the very first Christian martyr and lived a life that we can look to as an example of dying to self. 2 Timothy 2.2, the letter from Paul to Timothy says, And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach other. The, the example is there that we're taught and then we entrust. We teach others, and then they teach others. So we're supposed to grow to maturity. We're supposed to leave those other things behind, the envy, the malice, those things. We're supposed to be free of those and step into what God has. And one of the things that keeps us here is always looking, always looking at everyone else as being spiritual and me just here. You know, we, I always, in my life, I have people I still look to, I'm, I'm held accountable by. I call them, I talk to them. I'm not saying we forget those, but we step up into our rightful places. Church, it's our turn to, to step into the next thing that God has for us. And then the next thing after that, and then the next thing after that. Christianity isn't a spectator sport. I remember when I came to faith in, in 1985-86, I was young in the Lord. I looked up to all the people here. I came to this church, and God did something in my life. And there were a lot of spiritual people 
giants in the church. Not just the pastor, there were these men of God. They studied the word, they led Bible studies. Some of these guys would come to the church to meet with me, a 16-year-old punk kid who thought he knew everything to disciple me. I remember we would, we would sit and lay under a table in the, in the now fireside room, or it used to be the fireside room, it's kid's zone room now. We would turn on the heat, we'd close all the other vents because we were trying to save money. The church used to be on propane. We'd lay by a little heater vent in the middle of winter and study the scriptures. You know, you know what book he took me through, the very first one? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Let us now leave the elementary teachings of Christ, not laying again a foundation of repentance from sin and baptism. Moving on to maturity. We studied that together. He took the time to study with this young guy. He wasn't the youth pastor. He wasn't the pastor. He was just a man of God in the church. And I remember thinking these guys, wow. I mean, they were there. They, they, they were the, these were the pillars of God. I look back and going, these guys were about 30, 32 years old. As we're talking about, this, they, were, they were young. But they had stepped into what God had called them to. Now, we don't have a lot of millennial, uh, you know, people in the church, uh, but this applies to, to all of us. But there's a, a young thing, and not just millennials, because I'm, I'm, what is it, Generation X, so, you know, up to our, our mid-40s. There's something that was common in my generation and the generations coming after us. We don't want to take the authority and the responsibility that people in the past used to take. You go to the average person my age and younger, and, and if you have a child, go up to them and say, hello, Mr. Hastings, this is what they'll say. Don't call me that. That was my dad. Call me John. Call me Rob. Call me Bob. They don't even want to be known as Mr. Hastings. I'm like, what is that? Why, we, we got this thing in us that we're just supposed to be cool and young and hip and be everybody's buddy. And by doing that, we don't have to grow up and become responsible. But God says, no, we're supposed to grow up into maturity and take the place that God has for you. Timothy was encouraged, don't let anyone think down of you because you are young, but set an example for them in faith, in life, in speech. That's what we're all supposed to do, no matter what age you are. It's not an age thing. It doesn't matter if, if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s. Let's start this journey and keep progressing and growing on to maturity. Let's not look the same next year as we do this year. Age doesn't matter, but it's, it, it sets that point. It's time for us to leave the elementary teachings of Christ. It's our turn to be teachers. It's our turn to be leaders, elders, deacons, intercessors, leaders of intercessors. It's our turn to be the evangelists the ministry leaders, to be godly examples as parents, husbands, and wives. I think back when, when we were young and, and raising our kids, before we even had kids, we looked again at people like uh, Jeff and Peggy who had these you know, kids and they were doing a great job with their kids and the Duns and these people were influences in my life of how well they were raising their kids. And I'm like, at some point, we got to stop looking at them and how they did it and go, oh, we're doing it now. How are we doing? 
Am I living a life? Am I raising my kids that other people could look at me and say, you're setting a good example? Or am I still trying to just look up there and go, oh, don't look at me. I'm a failure too. That's the biggest cop-out that we say. Oh, don't look at me. Just follow Jesus. Paul said, follow me as I follow him. When we get to heaven, Christ is going to say, what did you do for me? It's our turn. And here's the thing. There, there's not a, a, a mandate that you have to do, do certain things, but God is calling you to just go on the journey, leaving the elementary principles and be committed to him to grow. That's a little scary. We don't always know how to do that, so we have to go with other people. People who are doing it also. People who are just a little bit, bit older than us. And that was a conversation that, that Tom and I had. We were talking about all the old, the old people and the, the people that we knew in the church and in the faith and talking about how he was leading a Bible study when he was just a young guy. And he said, you know, I didn't know that I wasn't old enough to lead a Bible study, so I just lead in a Bible study. And, you know, and it's exactly right. This is how simple it is. If you know enough to be saved, if you've called on Jesus to be your Savior, somebody led you in a prayer, helped you to understand that you were a sinner who, who needed salvation, that Jesus Christ died for your sin, and you accepted that, and the only thing you know is Jesus loves me, this I know, he forgave me of my sins, you know enough to help somebody else get saved. You know enough. So do it. Start growing. I need to step into the things that God has for me. They're outside of my comfort zone. This isn't comfortable. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says that God comforts us in our troubles that we might comfort others with the same comfort we've received. Well, that, that's that, that principle that God does something in our lives so that we can help other people reach that maturity to have that comfort, to have that ministry because we understand that from God. You know, and I, I love to watch people who are growing in their faith, you know, and they, you, you can, in, in any given circle of people of, uh, you, you can tell who's being discipled by whom, because when the young person comes up or the person who's being discipled or in relationship, they get up, maybe they say the prayer for the offering, and they pray just like the person who's discipling them. They say the same words. They, they have the same, sometimes, mannerisms. They, they, you go, oh. And you go, well, they're just copying. What do you think your kids did with you? They just copy you until they get it on their own. But we say, okay, I don't know how to pray, but, you know, Joe prayed like this, so I'm going to pray like this. And pray. And after a while, you get better and you understand. You get your own voice and your own language, but you're growing. What has God done for you? What has God done for you? What has somebody in the faith done for you? It's your turn to do the same thing for someone else. It's part of the journey. Unless you're Joshua, he didn't call us to walk around in circles. He's calling us to advance, to move on to become mature Christians, step by step. It's in the hallway. It's on the outside of the church. It's on our bulletin. We're going one step closer to Jesus. We're all on a journey. I love lighthouses. This church has been the lighthouse on the mountain for a lot of years. But I think the lighthouse is limiting. 
because lighthouses are important on the journey. They warn of danger, and they show where safety is. But there's a lot more parts of a journey than just a lighthouse. See, there's a lot more parts in your walk, in my walk. He's going to equip us and then have us equip other people. It's our turn now. The Tyler's message is simply that. It's our turn now. I can't stop here. I've been the senior pastor now for five and a half years. I've been in ministry since I was 18, but I think I wandered a lot and lost a lot of time. But what's the next thing God has for me? What is, how does he want me to grow? Maybe he's going to call me to be a, a pillar and example in the community. You know, I get an opportunity this month to open in prayer again over at the, at the city council. Well, I don't know what the next thing for me, but I better be ready to step into that. Maybe he's going to have me be a leader somehow to other leaders in the community. Don't think of yourself less than God thinks of you. Don't fall into that trap. Some of you have had a bracelet or a bumper sticker that said WWJD. It doesn't stand for we want jelly donuts. It became just this great slogan. What would Jesus do? Unfortunately, it seemed like it became more of a slogan than a way of life. See, there was a question involved in that. What would Jesus do? But the problem is, I don't know if everyone was answering the question and then doing it. They just go, what would Jesus do? (laughs) And not what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) What would Jesus do? We want to be like Christ. We want to follow in his footsteps. And I tell you, along the way, this is, this is, the, this is the part of the, that's difficult. Along the way, he's going to ask us of things. He's going to ask you of things. I don't know what he's going to ask you. He's asked me of things. He told me to put things on the altar. He's told me to stop playing guitar. There was a time he says, just put your guitar down, stop playing. So I was faithful. I just had to do it. Put your love interest down, whatever it is. He might tell you, hey, it's time to put this aside. Some of you, some of you I know, uh, he's been dealing with a certain sin. He's been saying, you know what, it's time to give this up. And, and, and if he's doing that, you need to do it. Now, thank God when we come to Christ, he doesn't look at us and say, okay, now that you're mine, you need to stop this, 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 this. You know, stop, stop the drugs, stop the alcohol, stop the smoking, stop the sex, stop the cussing, stop the gossip, stop the lying, stop the cheating. You know how you don't have a contractor's license. You need to get your contractor's license. You get, yeah, he doesn't do that and just all, all at once. He doesn't throw it all on us at once. If he did, we would all die <laughs> under the pressure. But what he does is he puts his finger on things in our life. And you know when that finger of God is on your life and he's saying, it's time. Unfortunately, we don't always answer. It's time. What you need to do is you need to go and get some people around you and say, guess what? God told me it's time to do this and I can't do this, so I need your help. You need to walk with me. We need to pray together. You need to hold me accountable. I don't want to go back because God told me it's time. It's your turn. It's my turn. It's our time to follow through with the question of what would Jesus do? But probably there's a a better question. And I don't know what the acronym is it for, so somebody can tell me later. 
What is Jesus asking me to do? What is Jesus asking me to do? What is Jesus asking you to do? Let's be faithful there. Let's, let's lay aside. So what that, that was great in the, in the uh, Peter, it says we lay aside all this stuff. You know, I'm going to lay it aside. I'm going to crave pure spiritual mind. I'm going to crave God. I'm going to be one who says, you know what, I just need to read. I need to be in the Word. Some of you are, just don't like to read. I, I really don't like to read myself. I just don't. I read because it's important. I am so thankful for Audible and for Scribd and for the, the Audible Bible. I mean, because now I, the people can read to me. We have no excuse. I don't like to read my Bible. You haven't had to read your Bible in 10 years. I mean, you, in, the, in the olden days, we, used to, we first started on cassette, and then I loved the, D, the CDs that came out. The whole Bible on CD. Remember when that came out? That was wild when you put it on random. You know, you got every story all mixed up. You walked away and your theology was horrible. Whoa, did you know that John the Baptist walked around Jericho and then got swallowed by a whale? <laughs> but we've been able to listen to the word of God. Some of us don't like to read, but we have no excuse, church. If we're not growing, it's our own fault. Let us leave these things and grow on to maturity. Get a hold of him and say, it's my turn now. I'm going to step into everything God has for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am part of this group. I need to make sure that I am ready and willing to follow you and to grow into what you have for me. God, there are godly men and women in this room who right where they're sitting are saying, God, I want to grow, but I'm scared. God, I want to grow to maturity, but I, I don't know how. God, I, I want to do the things, but I just don't know if I can do it. Lord, I pray that you would right now give them confidence and courage and strength by the Holy Spirit to step into everything that you have for them. To begin this journey or to take the next step. God, this morning there might be people in here who said, I've never started the faith journey, and today's a great day to do that. Even as we, we, I said in the message, Lord, that just to call on you, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. I want to follow you. I want to give you my life and help me to crave pure spiritual milk. Crave the word. Help me to grow in my faith. Wherever everyone is at today, no matter how mature they are, no matter uh, how young in the faith they are, and no matter how many years they've been doing the same thing. Maybe they're 20 years old, but they feel like they're still just one year old in the faith. That today is a new day and that we're going to grow and we're going to continue on this journey by faith, by commitment, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in each and every one of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.